17th episode of the game podcast i'm your host jerry thompson uh here with me are andrew brown and michael majors i'm a gold level pro these two guys are platinum and been a while since we did a show and there's kind of a reason for that there was like this pro tour thing and then andrew gave me the good slash bad news that he was leaving to work for wizards of the coast so it was like oh we don't know what we're gonna do but andrew starts this monday and obviously we're really happy for him and all that stuff And we'll basically talk about what's going to happen with the future of the podcast at the end of the show. But for now, we're going to talk about all about Andrew. Oh, man, that's the best. This is it, man. This is your time to shine. All right. What if I get nervous? Oh, you won't. All right. It's endearing to me that you think that you will get nervous. (laughs) Are you talking about getting nervous for Watsy or nervous for this podcast? Nervous for this podcast. I assumed he was talking about the podcast, too. But Okay. I would be nervous about Watsy, personally. Uh, there are some things that I'm nervous about. Okay, that maybe that's a good question. Maybe I was I was thinking about stuff to ask you. I'm gonna add that in. Oh, all right. Let's, let's just good. go for it. What's I mean? I understand why I would be nervous, but I would like to hear why you think you. Okay, let's let's do that. Sure. All right. I've never lived outside of like where I grew up, and I've never like not had like a family support group around me. So like living on my own without like. Any sort of, well, with some support, but like not the most support is going to be interesting. I don't know. It's just an experience that I want to have, but it's a little uneasy. Obviously, this is not the same thing. You know, just the love and support that you get from your family compared to like your friends or whatever. But the people that I'm close friends with from Wizards are just like the nicest, like most caring group of people that I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah, I know that they're just the absolute nuts. I'm mostly talking about, like, the first, like, month or month and a half, like, just getting settled in and, like, getting my own routine, figuring out how I'm going to carry myself and, you know, my day-to-day. You know, like, the past, I don't know, four years, four to five years, like, 6 p.m. till 1 a.m. every night for me would just be like, oh, hey, I'm just going to play Magic, train and play with my friends and try and get better and understand new things. And now it's just like, huh, what do I do during that time? I'm very impressed that you realized that a lot earlier than I did. Yeah. I I was just like, oh, it's going to be great. And then I went there and I was like, oh, I I guess I just watch a lot of TV now. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my personality generally, like, I have to be improving at something or else I feel like I'm not, like, improving in my life or moving forward. Thought a lot about it. You know, I might learn another language, go to the gym a lot, do outdoorsy stuff. All those things sound cool. Uh, yeah, you're definitely going to have no shortage of people that want to, like, go hiking and, like, climb mountains and whatnot. Does, does the, uh, improving stuff have to do with, like, outside of work? Is that a big deal? Or can that not just be part of it? Definitely has to be outside of work. When it's part of your job and when it's part of, like, your livelihood, I, there's already time devoted to it that I have to do. I want to have it be, like, kind of naturally me improving as myself like me wanting to improve rather than me being obligated to improve. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. That's it though, that not not scared about like hanging out with big wigs and you just have like someone ask you like, what's your opinion, Andrew? And then like 10 people look at you and... Well, I, I've had that before and it's, it's honestly like the greatest. Like <laughs> when I first like started working at Activision, I just got my butt kicked like constantly. 
being the stupidest person in the room while everybody's still kind of like accepting your opinion and like asking you more about it is just the best feeling as you probably know jerry <laughs> what you've seen that i'm always the stupidest person in the room i said at one point you were the stupidest <laughs> person in the room no you're you're definitely correct about that and honestly it's like it's a compliment like not really a compliment it's just it's a good spot to be in like i was genuinely jealous of you that you got to do that and you know it's awesome well now you get to do it well it just like shows that there is a good work culture there right yeah i mean everybody's like supportive i think <laughs> i don't know no, they are i mean so there there was like the glass door stuff right where it was like all these employees from not r&d specifically but like other parts of the company were like giving them bad reviews or whatever and that came out i think after i left and i was just like blown away by that because my experience working in r&d was so positive especially as far as like you know, the people that I dealt with and just kind of like my interactions on the day to day and like how the work went and stuff like that. I just I thought it went really well. So it was like kind of shocking for me to, to hear that about other parts of the company, which is just a thing. But working in R&D, I can vouch for specifically like it is great. You will enjoy yourself. I'm going to take a no comment stance on the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's that's completely fine. You know, you've got to be all about that hashtag Watsy staff now. I get it. Yeah. The hashtag Watsy staff life. Although I do want to like kind of do trolley polls. Like what's your favorite last pick common? But I'll reserve mm. that for down the line. Mm. I would advise against. Dang it. <laughs> do you do you need a PR person? Is is this going to be an issue? Are we going to have to make some public apologies? Uh, no, I'd like to think that I'm reasonable. But please rein me in if uh, you see anything goes over the line, Jerry. Oh, don't worry, man. They'll be on top of you well before I will. Uh, oh, great. <laughs> they'll, they'll be watching you like a hawk, buddy. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. So uh, we all went to Hawaii. Why don't you tell me about your last pro tour? I don't really care about your record. I don't think anyone does. How was it emotionally? How did it feel? Like, did it change how you prepared for it, knowing that this was likely going to be your last pro tour, at least for a while? Well, I went in... My goals were either to win the entire tournament or just have fun and just had fun was accomplished. Dope. Yeah, you know, like it was really good to be in the house with my teammates for a week. It was super fun. Our house is beautiful. We went to the beach. We did terribly, but <laughs> I mean, it sucks for some of the people who are only single qualified, but you know, I think we all had a really good experience like learning more about each other and having fun and it was a uh, it was awesome. I mean, I don't know how many times I can say that like Testing on a team with your friends in another country playing Magic is the greatest thing ever, but I recommend everybody do it. That is definitely legit. I find it interesting that you single out like the the silvers or the PTQ winners, and you're like, man, I, you know, I'm sorry I let them down or whatever. Like, I don't hear that from anybody. This is actually pretty content related. Like, I think a lot of our failure, you know, like I I'm supposed to be the person who's finding the control deck, right? But I was just mm -hmm. so hell bent on like. I'm going to make Team Emerge great. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it great. And I just spent so much time on it that I really didn't explore like any of the strategies that actually did well at the Pro Tour. And I felt that I kind of let everybody down because of my general lax nature in terms of this is my last one and me having a chip on my shoulder trying to make this deck that I loved great instead of being like job oriented and like figuring out what I was supposed to figure out. Yeah, that's too bad. But you, you did read Torrential Gearhawk, right? Yes, I did. I mean, I, I, I definitely played like a ton, but it was just with one deck. 
That's but, too bad. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where if it were just you, it probably wouldn't be a big deal, right? But the fact that there are other people on your team that are kind of counting on you to do this specific role. And then especially this is one of the pro tours where it was like control was actually good. It's just when you every time like I made a like a control deck list, I just looked at it and I was like, man, all these cards are so bad. Like I'm playing all these medium stuff and I just didn't quite realize how powerful Torrential Gear Hulk was. I think that was my biggest uh, shortcoming. When you look at the card, you're like, man, it's just this six mana thingamajig. But I mean, it's just definitely a lot more than that. It has so much toughness. Very little kills it. It it typically eats a creature on its way in. It, it allows you to turn the corner really quickly. It just it is. It feels like an actual titan, whereas the other gear hulks don't necessarily. Like the green one is very good, obviously, but the blue one is the one where it's just like this. This card is like better than Frost Titan, and that's saying something. Like I played a lot of Frost Titan, you know. And it was it was tough to beat that card. The the thing that just fell short in all of our testing was we didn't play enough with the new cards, which is kind of weird. Like we usually kind of play with all the new stuff, but here we were. Uh, I guess we were too focused on like Aetherworks Marvel, Aetherflux Reservoir, just kind of cheesy stuff rather than just like good decks and strong cards. Yeah, I mean Marvel was good. Like we didn't play enough Gideon, right? Gideon's just yeah. a great card, and we just were like, yeah. Whatever, we got things going over Gideon's head. Like, why would you ever play Gideon? But turns out Gideon's just still great. Well, this format has always just been everything circles back to Gideon. Kind of. That's, that's always what happens. And I, I don't think Gideon was necessarily great at the Pro Tour because there was a bunch of Marvel decks and, like, things that were trying to ignore Gideon or whatever. But it's like, once the format kind of settles down, it's like, all right, people hated out the Marvel decks and now these control decks exist. And then it's just like, oh, mid-range white, back to where we started, you know? That's like kind of the hallmark of like a good format, though. Keeps turning and churning, and then you yep. come back to just powerhouse stuff being the good stuff. Absolutely. And I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that there's something wrong with the format or whatever. I think the format's really good, but it, it is it is very interesting. Like some, there has to be a card that is the best card in the format, like a linchpin for a very powerful archetype, right? And Gideon does that. Gideon mm -hmm. plays that role, and I'm completely fine with that. Yep, he's fair. He does one thing but he does that one thing very well yeah now we get six more months of him but it's not like collecting company frustrating you know it is just yeah. a magic card he can be beat i don't know what, so, do you, what do you what do you think about gideon michael i mean i i agree that gideon is clearly like the litmus test of the format so to speak very punishing especially when you're on the draw planeswalkers are pretty hard to kill I think he's actually a little bit better than you guys are giving credit for, to be completely honest, in the context of this format. But uh, that's kind of because he's also supported by really powerful cards like Copter and Avison. Well, I think if you look at Gideon in specific matchups, you're like, oh, that doesn't line up great here or whatever. Like, I can see where maybe if you're on the draw and they have, like, a Spell Queller or, you know, a Spell Queller, like, already in play, whatever. It's just like, oh, Gideon might not be good here. And then, no, you actually just play the games and it's still just generally good. Yeah, it's also just really difficult to beat like Queller into Gideon in any capacity, and it's not something you can really play around because they'll just jam their Queller and then play Gideon, and they're so far ahead, and you can't kill their Gideon. All right, so emotionally, what was going on with you at the Pro Tour, man? Like, did you get like a little teary eyed, just turning in match slips and whatnot? <laughs> like, what was going on? No, I mean I'm generally pretty robotic when I play Magic. You know, as I said, like part of me going to the Pro Tour was I would I, I either just wanted to win it all. Or I just wanted to hang out with my friends. You know, magic's magic. I'm not going to, like, change the way I play based upon 
like circumstances that surround me. But I will say the final match of Sanctioned Magic was a little was a little emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Did you win? No. Man. <laughs> I mean, we our deck wasn't great. What do you want? <laughs> was that when you were sitting next to me? You were playing against Speedy? No, no, no. That was my second to last match. Okay. I didn't know if you like lost and then just dropped or what. No. I did get Lost Legacy a lot that tournament. That was unfortunate. People love that card. Ugh. I got paired against like Mardu Control twice. It was just like great matchup, right? Just like Legacy into Dark Dweller's Legacy and then I just literally cannot win. You have the one Hydra in your board. I had the one Hydra. He was there. <laughs> just for that exact scenario. Yeah. But then he played Fumigate and I lost. <laughs> okay. Tilt. Damn it. Just has all the answers. I probably yeah. played against the one guy in the tournament registered Cataclysmic Gear Hulk, which my deck can never beat. Oh, yeah. You were playing uh, Colossus, right? Yeah. It's the only deck in the format that card is good against. Oh, did you guys have, like, problems against Emrakul playing that deck? I mean, it's not something that you ever want to happen to you, but it usually <laughs> doesn't get to that point. I guess so. Jerry, I, I don't I don't even remember. What did you play again? Don't worry about it. I only, <laughs> I only played Constructed for one round, so it doesn't even matter. It's like I didn't even play. Okay. Ooh, my draft at the PT was sweet. Uh, all right, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about Limited here. I forgot. Oh, I, I forgot. Love it. Love it. Let's get to what's important. Yeah. Fuck drafting. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So you've played in seven Pro Tours at this point? Seven Pro Tours. Two top eights. I don't think anyone will ever necessarily count this last PT on your official record. You know, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't because it's just like your, your mind does funny things when you know that you can't play another one, right? Yeah. So what prompted the move to Wizards, man? You're so young and full of life, and you're, <laughs> you're out there trying to kill people, and you're doing a pretty good job of it, and what's the deal? So it actually started, you know, when I started working in game design about, like, a year ago. Just being immersed in the, like, the infinite learning and just, again, just being the stupidest person in the room. I was working with Patrick Sullivan, Tom Lapilli, and Billy Moreno, just, like, the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life up to up to that point. And I would just get constantly schooled by them every day. And it was just the best experience possible. Like every day I went into work and it was just gas. Like I never had a bad day in like 10 months of working there, except for my last day when they fired us all. But that wasn't their fault. <laughs> oh man, I, I will not forget it. If you work in HR, come on, like how do how do you do it? Like what, fire people? Yeah, it was insane. Like, everybody was leaving, and then there was just these people. They were smiling. They're like, can I get you some boxes to put your stuff in? And I was like, no, you can leave me alone. Yeah, that's that's cold. I don't know. Yeah, it was a little, it was pretty cold, and it left a bad taste in my mouth. It actually just even, like, perpetuated the fact that, oh, hey, I never want to not be doing this. I came to that realization. That was, I don't know, that was a month before Pro Tour Sydney. And then, you know, I said to myself, you know what, maybe I should just try and give a go at being a pro magic player like maybe i'll try maybe i'll like it you know so i was like you know what let me just play magic seven hours a day before the pro tour and we'll see what happens and then it happened and i was like sweet now it can be platinum for a year right after like the first month of just waking up at 11 or 12 and being like oh hey i have no responsibility except kind of play magic i don't even have to play magic i can just exist and i really disliked it 
because I had come from that environment of like learning, love of learning and improving. So like not having that really took a toll on my uh, mental state. And I uh, tried to find out the best way to get back into that environment. And uh, I had a choice between uh, Direwolf Digital and Wizards of the Coast and uh, Wizards of the Coast kind of edged out. So I'm going to go there. And that's that's why I did that. Do you think you're going to miss the competitive aspect of things? Like, I know you said that you're going to, you're not going to know what to do with your time or whatever. Like, do you think that you need some sort of competitive outlet? I definitely do think I will need some form of that. Um, I mean, there are other games that I can play on my off time. I, I do love killing people and I do love playing at the highest level, but that was only kind of secondary to like my primary objective, which is just to meet a bunch of awesome people and like, learn about people of the world, learn about how smart other people are and like make all these excellent connections with like humans around the United States, right? Something I want to do when I'm in Wizards is I want to join the coverage team and uh, do like video commentary, you know, be the pseudo educated voice on why a person is playing a certain card. You know, that'll allow me to continue to travel, continue to see my friends, continue to meet new and smart people and uh, still help magic grow, which is uh, pretty much all I want. That sounds awesome. I love that you have a plan too. So I got there and at some point, I don't remember if it was right away or just, you know, halfway through or whatever, but I interned for Wizards for six months in development. And I guess now, uh, I don't know if they actually just like call you a development intern or whatever. I think you have a different title, but. I'm a design contractor. Okay. So they they encouraged me to just like think about things that I might want to do at some point that had to do within the company, right? So it was like, you know, maybe maybe you go see what's going on with OP or Magic Online or whatever. And I was like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to play Magic and like, you know, make the cards and stuff. So like, I, I guess I'll just keep doing that, right? And eventually I started working on Kaijudo a little bit, but they definitely enjoyed that. The, like the fact that you're going in there, they're going to say, like, is there anything else that you're interested in working on here? And you're like, coverage. I want to do coverage. Like, that's going to be a good thing. Yeah, I definitely just want to talk about magic all the time on the weekend, still be like the travel warrior. And you know what? That'll mean I get to see you guys. Yeah, that'll be great, man. Plus, like, I, I would love to do GP coverage, like, like whatever. I don't, it doesn't have to be the pro tour. I'll fly out for whatever. Because I love magic. No, no way. Yeah, it's get true. out of here. But uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do in terms of competitive outlet. Maybe I'll go to the Y, play some racquetball. <laughs> Probably not. Do you know the rules to racquetball? Because nope. like, I've, okay, I've played a couple times. I played with like Todd Anderson once or twice. And I was just like, do we know what we're doing? Or do we just hit this off the wall and the other person like volleys it back? And it's like, that's all we did. So I don't know. I don't know. Ping pong seems more at my alley. Yeah, it was fun. I know. What do you, what do you think I should do, Michael? As a competitive outlet? Oh yeah, um, don't say Hearthstone. Maybe modeling. <laughs> That's dope. Semi-related. Do you have to find like a new stylist? Is that a big deal or no? Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to go grope around for a new hairstylist because the one I have, he's this Japanese dude that doesn't speak like any English, and I just like show him a picture, and then he nods his head, and okay. it's the, <laughs> and it's the nuts, dude. Dude, you know what would be so awesome? You're talking, you were talking, I don't remember if it was like off stream or I think it was off stream, but you were talking about like maybe learning a new language or something to, oh, yeah, to spend your time. How sick would it be if like a year from now you go back 
just like, you know, visit people and you're like, I need to get a haircut. You go see this dude and suddenly you speak <laughs> Japanese and he's like, dude, I love you. This is so great. I'm pretty sure he hates me, honestly. Well, well then you can find out for sure in his native language. Uh, all right, I guess so. I, I don't know. Language, like the stuff around language just blows my mind. Just the fact that Europeans speak like two to ten yeah, languages. Yeah, I know. I just feel so dumb every time I go to the Pro Tour and they're just like flipping languages like light switches. It's insane. You know, same. Whenever someone starts speaking another language that I did not expect them to speak, so like say I'm friends with like some American or whatever, and it turns out they know a second language and I've known them for a year and I had no idea, it's like, dude, you're you're holding out on me? Like why <laughs> this this is a big deal to me, right? So I, I don't know what it is like for, you know, say this Japanese immigrant who cuts hair in LA or whatever. If he's just like, Oh yeah, obviously you only speak English, but then suddenly you just like, no, actually I speak Japanese too, like I, I don't know if that, that reaction would be the same as mine, but I can totally ma imagine myself in that situation, you know? Sure. Um, I'm just concerned with the uh, the cost of <laughs> me learning Japanese just to do this to my old hairstylist. Well, Japan is awesome, too. I can't recommend going there enough. I mean, you might not be interested in, like, the same stuff I am or whatever, but... I'm... Oh, no, I mean, I think we're interested in similar things, but, I, I, dude, I totally want to go to Kyoto for the Pro Tour. You better believe I'm going. Okay. I'll see you there. And you too, Michael. Nope. Major's just like, ah, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> Seriously? Nah, man, I'm probably... No, he's going. He's going. All right, all right, all right. I This 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 is the pro tour where I actually want to, like, do some touristy stuff. Yeah, I've been I'm doing that recently. Like... It's pretty nice. Been to Japan a few times, and I didn't really do much either time. Like, there was always a day or two where I just wandered around and stuff. But then they stopped doing PTs there, and it was it kind of hit me where it's like, oh, crap. Like, I might not have a lot of chances to go here and, like, experience this culture or whatever. So I kind of want to make the most of it. Dude, GP Denver's coming up. I want to do coverage on that one. Repeat. Just jumping right back in. Yeah, just get back in there. What hey, do you man. Dude, what? We, both, we both won Grand Prix in Denver. We did. We're both that's, very smart. That's cool. We were both playing awful control decks, too. Uh, I don't know about awful. Well, mine was better than yours, for sure. I got to play with, like, Muldrifter and stuff, so. Dude, I got to play with four copies of Jorah by Merklurker. Four <laughs> copies. What about Interpret the Signs? Was that in your deck? That was in my deck. You better believe it. Yeah. So, all right, Majors, you have to win GP Denver. That's the weekend of uh, Invitational. Well, guess I'm not going to do that. Not win, the, not win the Grand Prix because you're going to the Invitational? Correct. Mm. Is it, like, value-related? I mean, yes. Like, why would I go to a Grand Prix when I can go to an Invitational? It's also in Atlanta. It's it's in Atlanta, which is major stomping grounds. I think these tournaments are pretty good for mine and Michael's skill sets because it's just double-constructed, and it's, like, a lot of higher-level grinder-type people that are pretty easy to exploit. Oh, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like those tournaments a lot. Obviously, there's a lot of EV and all that nonsense, but... EV, that's nonsense. There's also a chance I, I care about the Star City points since I'm kind of on the cusp of... So that's reasonable. Sorry to bring up this, like, controversy thing, but, like, the pro player thing and your response, Jerry, really liked it, by the way. You know, like, every time, like, people talk about playing Magic for EV, it just really gets me the wrong way. I'm like, why are you even playing then, right? The thing I hate about that is how then people just, like, go and spew off $200 at a casino or just, like, buy a soda instead of drinking from the water fountain or going out to eat instead of eating at home. It's like, 
what's the EV calc on all this money that you're just spewing off, right? But you're talking about like going to a tournament that you have like an extra $10 in equity in, like who cares? You know, my, my thing about it is like, there are definitely better games to be playing for money than Magic. Magic is supposed to be fun, intellectually challenging, and you get to meet a lot of awesome people. That's why you do it. You're not like going to the poker tables and chumming out with the dude in the glasses, right? Like I, I do that. I guess so. I guess I like talking to the random people. I guess it is easier to make friends in Magic, and that is the reason I like it more than like poker or whatever so magic is interesting because it, you have this common bond that you know like if nothing else you can always circle back to magic but mm. if you're sitting next to someone in the poker table and like obviously i'm not gonna like start chatting to the dude that has like headphones in and like clearly doesn't want to talk to anyone or whatever but i've definitely been sitting next to like you know some truck drivers or some other young people and like just talking to people and like trying to find that common connection is sweet. And yeah, you could say that we have poker as a common thing, but it's like, you don't, you don't talk about poker as passionately as you talk about magic. You know, it's not the same thing. It's like, yeah, we, we both like to check raise tourists, I guess, but like that's where it ends. So, so it's, it's cool. Like me trying to talk to like this 50 year old dude who like has on overalls and whatever, you know, it's like trying to find a connection there. I, I think it's like really fun when you're kind of just like trapped in this situation, right? Where it's like, you're there to play poker and you're not leaving anytime soon, but. Do you, do you have any thoughts on this, Michael Majors? Trying to find connections with truck drivers at the casino? No, not really. <laughs> no, about the magic for EV or magic for whatever. I mean, I don't know. I think it kind of just goes back to something we've talked about multiple times where you have to be realistic about your expectations. So I don't know if if you're making EV calculations for your like quality of life based on magic tournaments, then you should probably reconsider. That's exactly how I imagined you explaining that. Good. I'm I'm glad that you know you you gotten to know me. Yeah, it's been an honor. Yeah, you're not a truck driver or anything, but it's been nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm probably the average fun as the average truck driver. Michael, what'd you say? I missed that. <laughs> I just said I'm probably not as fun <laughs> as the average. Oh, uh, <laughs> fair. <laughs> I actually actually met like Sam was really fun. So, is that a is that an actual truck driver? Sam Birkenbile. <laughs> no, Sam's awesome. He he lived in Roanoke for a brief four days or whatever before deciding yeah. it was not for him. His brief mm. four days in Roanoke. What did you guys think of the Roanoke documentary? I haven't actually watched it. To be really honest. I I saw it because I was in my hotel room watching coverage of the Pro Tour while it was going on. I thought it was pretty cool. It, it was it was really nice to see the support from like BBD's parents, especially for it, it's like this thing that they were not really supportive of before. But now they're just like, oh, you know, like he just kind of like did things his own way and it worked out for him. And that's great. And I, I love seeing that. That's actually kind of like where my parents were at too. go to college or whatever. You feel me on that? Oh, no, I, I totally had the same experience. I had a, a pretty good moment with my dad, maybe like nine months ago or something where he was like, yeah, I kind of always wanted you to like follow this one path. But now that I'm seeing like kind of how people your age are, are living in this world, it's I'm, I'm really proud of what you're doing. Hell yeah. Yeah. Man, that makes me feel great. Yeah. It was like a, one, one of the, the fondest memories of you know, a moment with my dad that I can remember. That's awesome. Jerry, you have any stories like that? No, my, <laughs> my my family was not very nice. My my mother was a wonderful individual, but she died when I was 18. And then the rest of my family, I'm not a big fan of. So, well, all right. All right. How so, do I how do I bring up the mood after that? <laughs> um, 
No, I mean it's it's not. I'm 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 just like trying to explain the situation. I'm trying to not make it a downer or whatever. But yeah, no, like my entire life, I've just been like kind of doing things my own way and haven't really had to answer to anyone, and that's been both good and bad. And here we are, I guess. Yeah, I mean, which I guess is kind of off topic, but this might be a good question to ask. Like, you think only having to manage your own expectations has made your life better? I don't know because I am incredibly hard on myself. I honestly think if if there were a parent or something like that, some sort of authority figure in my life, they probably would have just been like, you know, it's it's okay, like you're doing a good job or whatever. And that might have made me feel better. So maybe it's it's made it harder just because it's like I it's binary for me. Either I'm doing it or I'm not. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It, I could see it either way. And it's not about like what I have accomplished or whatever, but it is very much about like, am I taking steps to get to where I want to be? Yes or no. There, There's basically just like no half-assing it. And if I'm not doing it, I'm very hard on myself. And I think it's for the best because I think that's why I am where I am. And if I wasn't this hard on myself, like I'd probably just be working at Burger King or something. I don't know. That'd suck. Right, which is why I don't want to do that. So I mean, only because Burger King is one of the bottom rated fast food establishments. If you're working at like Taco Bell, it'd be fun. Oh, man. <laughs> you're unreal, dude. Majors, do you think if I worked at Taco Bell and I saw you every night at like 4 a.m. that we would eventually become friends? What am I doing at Taco Bell every night at 4 a.m.? I don't know. Maybe it's 7 p.m. or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I did get it about an hour and a half ago when I left Star City, but that's beside the point. Okay, so 6. 6 p.m. then. Yeah, six. That's about right. Just, I see you go through the drive-thru. I hand you your bag full of tacos. <laughs> I see I see you pull up a little bit, and it's just like the entire time you're just like very crass and rude, and then you take a bite into this taco, and I just see like the biggest smile on your face, and the next time you come through, I talk to you about it. And, and there we go. We, we made our connection over the taco. This is, a, this is, this is so elaborate. <laughs> bag of tacos. Well, you know, he had to order 20 or whatever to keep him going until tomorrow at 6 p.m. where he needs to reload up on tacos. Right. <laughs> Clearly our friendship is directly correlated to the amount of fire sauce you give me. <laughs> Are there, like, no good food joints in Roanoke? Dude, I mean, sometimes I just want it. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, just want, he wants to punish himself. In I just, I, okay, I just literally cannot relate. I cannot relate with that. Like, all right, I'll, I'll drop it. That's something you have to accept in life, is that you'll never be able to relate to people in every way. As far as food places in Roanoke, there is Penn Station, which I really enjoy. There's Grace's Pizza, which is a really good pizza place. I know, you know, people are going to be like, oh, Jerry likes pizza or whatever. But it's like, no, I'm not going to I'm not going <laughs> to recommend that you eat a tombstone. Right. But I would recommend Grace's Pizza. They have food that's not actually pizza, too. It's great. Blue Five is pretty dope. Frankie Rollins is like kind of the steakhouse in Roanoke. Very expensive, but good. It's probably not as good as it is pricey. It could probably be like 10 bucks lower per person. And then that would be like maybe more in line with how good it actually is. But it's like, yeah, there's there some spots. I'm convinced that everywhere there is a good place to eat. You just have to find it. <laughs> oh, Billy's? Billy's? Majors? Yeah, Billy's is great. Uh, Wildflower Cafe is great. There's... Uh, a variety of good, you know, various ethnic food available that is all quite good. Do you guys have all-you-can-eat Korean barbecue? No, we do not. I think those are the most overrated establishments on the planet. Uh, who cares? I love those places. You bite your tongue. All right. Enough about food. Andrew, I'm going to come see you. We're going to go back to Trove. It's going to be great. Fine. 
That sorry, that was unexcited. That was unenthusiastic. Yeah, let's do that, Jerry. Yeah, sounds great. Okay. So, uh, any any worries with you know being done with competitive magic? Do you think you're going to miss playing it? Like basically, after six pro tours, that's just an incredibly short career. Like you're not going to be in the Hall of Fame, Andrew. Maybe. I mean, I might come back. You never know. That is true. My pro tour win rate is higher than my Grand Prix win rate. These are facts. I have a question. Does sure. Does the the Hall of Fame count just X number of years after your first pro tour? So like if you were in Wizards, yes. would that still count? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I got a lot of time. And like four is the number, right? Yeah, I mean your first pro tour was recent, right? It wasn't like, you know, you played in PT when you were fourteen or something. No, my first pro tour was Dragons of Tarkir. Man, I mean, you have, like, what, 10 years until you can be on the ballot, and that's assuming that nothing changes, and... Oh, I need to get more pro points. Yes, absolutely. I think I have, like, 90 lifetime. If you end up coming back, that stuff will happen. No big deal. Talking nine years in the future is kind of utter nonsense. (laughs) But, you know. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. If that happened, then you probably could. Oh, man, I was packing all my pro tour badges and my mugs... It was it was an emotional experience because every pro tour I buy a mug of the city that I'm in, so I've amassed this pile of like seven mugs. That's nice. I thought about doing stuff like that, but then I just never did. And I'm gonna put them all on my desk when I get oh, to Wizards, cool. along with the the name badges with the hole punches. It's just believe that I'm not nearly as sentimental as I think I am. I'm, I'm definitely not. See, like, I'm, I'm actually, like, going through my stuff and just trying to consolidate stuff, and I have... I'm keeping the lanyards, but I'm throwing away my Pro Tour badges. What? Well, part, part of the issue is that when I moved the first time, I had to leave a lot of stuff behind, and a lot of that was, like, the, the shirts that they give you at Pro Tours and, like, all the badges that I had before, so it's like, I don't have all of them. If I had all of them, it might be a bigger deal. Sure, but I like looking at it and, like, getting that memory invoked. Like, oh, I played a Tarka Red and went 2-5. Weird. That's definitely a memory I want to relive, too. <laughs> but then there's the memory like, oh, this is my first Pro Tour, and I played my favorite deck ever, and I went 11-4-1, and one, and it was the best. Like, the entire range. I want the entire range. Give me the, give me the, whole, give me the whole tombstone, Jerry. Dude, I, I can't handle yeah. the swings of experiencing those emotions before I, like, go to bed or whatever. It's like, ugh. Journey <laughs> to next tonight. <laughs> yeah, I would go so deep down the rabbit hole, just like, oh, man, where did I, where did I make these mistakes or whatever? I do have every single badge from my return to Professional Magic after my stint at Wizards. So I have Magic Origins Battle uh, Oath of the Gatewatch, although they didn't have one with my name on it, so I just have a blank one. <laughs> which is kind of odd and you know shadows and then whatever this oh kaladesh i was recording a video and there was like this creepy centipede thing on my wall so i just like grabbed the nearest thing and smashed the bug with it and then threw the thing on the ground and it was my kaladesh badge (laughs) it just has like bug guts all over it but (laughs) i mean what would i do if i didn't have these badges right like that bug probably would have eaten me yeah fair so yeah i mean i suppose like we could start anew right i could start with origins and like blah 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 but what a good set to start with too that that would would be uh very poetic and appropriate yeah origins get it Uh, oh that is cute see my origins was one says 2015 mox participant my battle one says pt origins top finisher my Oath of the Gate cra- or Gate Watch, Gate Watch. Why do I keep calling it Gate Crash, man? Because we all know why you keep no, calling it Gate not. Crash. No, it's not. It's not. I swear nice. to God. 
the names are all just similar. Uh, I don't know. Maybe this was my pity invite one. Wizards gave me an invite because I was gold when I went in. Dude, my my Oath of the Gatewatch one says RPTQ top finisher. Nice. Boom. You- Shadow says GP Detroit top finisher and silver level. What? Do you like all have your badges right next to you or something? How, how are you guys doing this? Yeah. I, I, I just said that I was like cleaning out my stuff and I just have a pile of lanyards next to a pile of badges. I huh. recently reread all of my badges. I also have my wizards, my wizards badge. Ooh. I do still have that. I'm bringing my Activision badge. I don't know if that's kosher. Mm. I guess the, the last thing I really want to cover is like, you know, what, what are your bright eyed, bushy tail ambitions for, for changing magic? For changing Magic the Gathering? Yeah. You, you forgot to add, you filthy control mage. Well, well just for Tour, it must be overpowered. <laughs> yep, better nerf it. This is just me right now. I don't know how my ideas are going to change, how I'm going to shift or whatever. Jerry knows that like, when you're around smarter people, they are very convincing. Right, Jerry? Oh, yeah. I thought that was rhetorical. Sorry. Oh, no. Like the moment where, you know, the president gets elected and they go into the briefing room and they come out and they just look like they're just like three years older or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So the game I worked on at Activision was like a kid's card game. So like most of my thinking so far has been like it's been beaten into me that like simplicity is best or like things that are more simple are more easily grokked and more people can have a good time when they're playing with stuff that's simpler, right? Given that like... I play as like the spikiest of spike or whatever. I the way I would like design or develop stuff would be less text or less complicated. Like one of my least favorite things in Magic right now is traverse the Uvenwald for Emrakul. Like that's just my least favorite thing ever. So first off, when you traverse for Emrakul, obviously you're playing a tutor, you have to look through your deck, that's fine. Like there's an acceptable amount of complexity there. But like when you traverse for Emrakul, you have to keep track of you know types in your graveyard and whatever and like when you can cast it but like the burden that gets placed on your opponent the next turn is what i'm not okay with like your opponent then has to keep stock of your graveyard and then they have to understand how not to defeat themselves by getting emerald like all right so what removal spell do i have to blow that's really bad like what situation do i have to put myself in where i or emerald isn't like the end game and then obviously emerald gets played and then you know Mind Slaver happens, which is also a lot of complexity. Generally, stuff like that, not a huge fan of. I agree with that to some degree. And I don't know. I basically feel like it is okay for a lot of that stuff to happen some amount of the time. Like, there is definitely a concern of, like, what did my opponent opt into? Or, you know, like, what did a Magic player opt into, right? Like, did they opt into a game where they thought that they had to keep track of the graveyard or whatever? Or just, like, find a way to just, like, throw away all their cards, you know? I think that's okay to some degree. It is very, very awkward that Emrakul was like the marquee card of the set, uh, as opposed to just something like Aetherflux Reservoir, where it's like maybe it's something that people play occasionally or whatever, but it should be this thing that dominates a pro tour. Definitely agree with that. So I think going back to your previous point is, is interesting to talk about. It's like you said that, you know, you were kind of trained to design for simplicity because you're dealing with a children's card game. But I think that's actually just like a pretty underrated thing in life in general. It's like making things unnecessarily complicated is is pretty silly in my opinion. And like this goes from like everything all the way down to basically just communication in general. And just like being able to effectively express yourself kind of put like it, it, it shines through in every single aspect of your life. And just trying to maintain clarity is really important, I think. 
And so I, I think that was probably one of the best skills you could have been taught. Again, just one of the best experiences of my life so far and really the reason that I want to you know, be a game designer and make games for the rest of my life is just there's nothing else like it. Just that's all I can really say about it. You, you get to make fun, package, sell and distribute fun. Another good question to ask yourself is like, what do you think fun is? And not in like an action or like, oh, I love going on long walks on the beach. But like, what is your abstract theory of fun? Yeah, there are people who like to do cool stuff. There are people that like to be challenged, you know, like everyone is different. You have to find some way to get that happy medium where kind of all parties are involved and it is not easy. That was actually a question on one of my design tests with various companies I was interviewing for. Like, what is your definition of fun? My, my answer was a tailored balance of challenge and reward. Depending on who you're, who you're marketing to, you kind of go for however much challenge and then reward gets put out. That's interesting. Well, how would you respond, Jerry? So I can't, I can't use the word I'm trying to define in the definition, right? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I honestly don't. And you know, maybe that's not, maybe that's why I'm not at wizards anymore or whatever. Like certain things like that are difficult for me because it's like, I can try to empathize with people and guess, And I think I do a pretty good job of that, but I'm constantly surprised by various things. And one of them is what people actually think is fun. And I think if you ask people what they think is fun or what is fun to them, like, they can guess or they can give you a close answer, but they don't actually know. So it's like, you ask me what's fun. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I'm sure from my hobbies and stuff, you could kind of distill it down into a couple, one or two or three key things, right? But I don't know if I knew exactly, I would just do that all the time, right? Or I'd find some way to maximize that. I think that's why I love like game design and magic so much is that like there are so many endless possibilities to be explored that there's no like peak there's no like perfection there's always stuff to be learned and it's fun the entire process is fun everything about it google says something that provides mirth or amusement and i think <laughs> mirth or amusement could just be replaced with fun so they are basically just trying to <laughs> use the word in the definition uh enjoyment or playfulness is is also i don't know those are acceptable answers. I guess I kind of didn't even answer the what I, what else I would change question. You're going to give Torrential Gear Hulk an extra power and let it cast sorceries. The oh, end. yeah. Uh, uh, anticipate a lot more black cards with lifelink. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Or, more two fours. Yeah, I find, I find that these black decks, now that they have all these lifelinkers, they're at a really high life total. It would be really good if they could convert that into cards somehow. So we're going to reprint Necro. And uh, Necro is too easy for you. I know you would never play with Necro. What about Yagmas Agenda? Agenda is fine, right? A Agenda is just kind of a horrible card. But yeah. I don't even know what that does. Uh, you youngin. I don't know. Like something like Erebos, I would be totally okay with. Well, wouldn't surprise that... me if there was a little bit of uh, devotion in this Egyptian block coming up. Who knows? I don't know. Hashtag Watsy staff. Let's see. So, okay, my last Pro Tour was Theros. When I got there, they told me stuff about cons. This is Kaladesh. There's Aether Revolt, uh, Amonkhet, right? And then Amonkhet 2, and then New Block. So you're going to be learning about New Block. Uh, yeah. Um, Their timelines might have changed, actually. So maybe Yeah, like, I think when I get there, I might see, like, 
I might be able to change a little bit about Amonkhet set two. Maybe not like too much. Yeah, when I got when I got there, uh, M15 was not completely done. Like I could have, you know, said a couple things or whatever. But at that point, it was like I looked at the cards. I said something about Garrick Primal Hunter, and that you know they didn't care what I said. And then <laughs> moved on with our lives. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to have an impact on Magic: The Gathering in uh, whatever positive way I can do it. It's gonna be sweet. I think it is gonna it is gonna be sweet, man. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I think you're a great fit. I do too. We're we're gonna miss you at the PT and whatnot, but obviously we're gonna try and see you as much as possible. And I hope you get to do some coverage stuff. And I hope you enjoy that too. But yeah, right now, we're we're, we're kind of talking like you know you're dying or whatever, but that's just not the case. You're just doing something else. Yeah, doing something where I can't really talk about it. Hashtag Watsy stuff. Well, it's fine because like whenever you were on the podcast before, you always had these secret combo decks that you couldn't tell us about. So. <laughs> secret combo <laughs> decks. <laughs> You've been dreaming about this for the last six months. Oh yeah, NDA. You got nothing on me. Yeah, you're, you'll trap that one. <laughs> I I can get most people to tell me whatever I want. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Andrew is is not one of those people. It does not work on him. So. Hey, man, they were other people's ideas that I did not own the intellectual property to, so I did not feel at liberty to share them with Listen, the general you don't, public. you don't have to explain it to me, man. I'm just saying. All right. You know? I'm just saying, like, that is kind of my superpower, and it, you're just completely immune to it, and it, it baffles me. That's all. You're, you're, you're actually just a good person. <laughs> <laughs> I want to print some good counter spells. Let's do that. Okay, you're no longer a good person. <laughs> Why does this make me think that, like, you're Bella and Jerry's Edward? It's kind of weird. I did Ex not think that that was within your range. Explain? Oh, Twilight. I, yeah. I get I get that it's a Twilight thing, but I don't get how... Oh, because Edward can read minds, and she is the only one who cannot read. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. I think I saw, like, one or two of the movies, too. Just immediately forgot them, just like when I looked at the Homeland spoiler. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Man, mad, mad respect for pulling that out for pulling that one out michael is that the emotion you're feeling right now it was basically like major started speaking japanese it, exactly it's just it was something that i did not expect you would ever reference in a thousand years and you just brought it out there you go i'm, there, I'm there, amazed your quip of outside my range all right man well if you need any help anything you want to know stuff I, I don't know actual seattle or whatever but you want to talk about like Renton or maybe things to do in Seattle or talk about Wizards or Vent or tell me what's in the next set or, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to talk. My, my line is always open. Sure. Well, Pro Tour champion Jason Tao lives there and we're good friends. So mm, That is true. I, I played against him a few times at Mox Boarding House. So. Really? Before everything? Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know our record. I, I remember the last time we played, I was playing, this was modern. This was a competitive modern night. I think we were 2-0 or something similar. He was playing black-white tokens with Secure the Wastes. Yeah. I was putting Rancor on Monastery Swift Spear. Yeah, him playing Secure the Wastes does not sound odd at all. I beat him because of my Rancor. It was great. But I, yeah, I was, this was before GP OKC, and I was playing the Chapin, Abbott, Bobble. Oh, Secure sure, sure. Crap deck. But yeah, no, JC's gas. Love him. All right, guys. We're almost done. Any other last dying public questions? Are you going to marry the cosplay chick? Ooh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. Me. You asked. Man, and now you're moving away, too? Like, she lives in California, right? As far as you know. She lives in Seattle. 
Congratulations, Andrew Brown, on your yeah. new engagement. God, I sniped that. Oh, that's that's perfect. I was I was disappointed because I thought you were moving away from her, and that it was you know going to be this tragic love story or whatever. But no, no, we're we're good. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, all right, Jerry. One more. You got anything else? Yeah, uh, we need to talk about the future of the podcast. So I think the plan, and the more I think about it. I don't know. I'm a little little scared here going forward. But the plan uh, was to replace Andrew with someone whose name also began with A so that we could keep the moniker and have it make sense. Uh, as one of, and we, we thought about this for like a month maybe. And then one of Michael's friends when he was back home in Atlanta pointed out that it could just be Jerry and Michael. And that would also make sense. So we could do that. But the thing that I'm worried about is that I feel like Andrew was kind of the, the rock, the anchor, where Majors and I made sure to show up when we were scheduled to show up because, you know, we wanted to do it for Andrew. <laughs> and and we knew that we knew that Andrew would be there, but it was like, I'm pretty sure that there are going to be weeks where me and Michael are, are both just like not feeling it or whatever. And I'm kind of scared about that. My line's always open, Jerry. If you want inspiration on <laughs> doing the podcast. How about this? How about this? I'll introduce it. If you guys, if you guys aren't feeling it, I'll I'll be the that's game. I can I can show up for that. I, I don't know if they'll they'll let you do that. I'm sorry. Mm, all right. No, you're just it. you're just making excuses for yourself now. Absolutely. I definitely am. Go ahead, Michael. Oh no, I was just saying you're 100 percent right. There's there's definitely a, a chance that on a Tuesday in the future it's like you off it, I'm off it. It was Andrew, right? Like I'm not getting this wrong. No, no, he was. He was certainly the most reliable of the three of us. Aw. Thanks, guys. So, yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to keep it up. And even right now, it's like I, I, I might just go through my entire next Tuesday without ever even thinking about the podcast. But the plan for now is to continue. I wonder if there's some sort of cooler setup we could do if it's just like us two in the same room. But I don't think there is. But, yeah, we'll figure it out. And Majors just died. He just fell out of the recording software. <laughs> ah, he's back. Okay, he's back. Nice work. All right. So the plan is we're going to continue. It's going to keep happening next week. My editor just got married, so congratulations to him. I don't know, actually, if he's doing any, like, honeymoon stuff or what. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to edit, so maybe this might go up late or something. I don't know. But I, We could just have this one unedited. That Dude, that's so... That's such poor form, and I'm very shocked that you would say that. Okay, game on. Come on, man. Dude, I I think we all kind of spoke from the heart here, and yeah, we should edit this one. (laughs) Okay. We should should edit out all those parts I said edited out. (laughs) We're not doing that. We're not doing that. But you can do the send-off, man. All right, I'll I'll send it off. From one last time, from Andrew Brown, the Merc Lurker, that's game! All right, that's game!